a whopper of an interview today, guys. In the next half hour, two accessibility experts from Google are being grilled about all things accessibility. So here we are with Kendra Price and Chris Patton from Google. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. Lovely to have you back on the show. And uh, it is great to be talking about accessibility with Google. Got to say, you've got a lovely place here. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. This is very nice. Um, when can we move in is the first question. I would like to move in first. I, 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 love, I, this, I love this building. I want to hire the person who did all the sticky note art that we have in the windows. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. The classic, we have the, Robin, we have this classic 8-bit art from, from vi- classic video games. And, nice. And done oh. it in multicolored post-it notes. From the heyday of yeah, gaming. But, nice. but even even to there's the, the flowy from Undertale, so even modern games are up there too. Oh, cool. I like the floating staircases. It's like Harry Potter almost like. But safer. But much safer. <laughs> It is an incredible building. I have to say, for for two, I mean, I, I say this, you know, two guys sitting here who can barely see anything at five feet in front of us. In your case, zero feet. In front of you. And you know, I've had the next door building described to me, which is Google's next big uh, mm-hmm. project, where yeah. the uh, Android robots have been painted on every single floor, even though there's no actual building. But well, it yet. tells you where the floors are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Right. Okay. Well, listen, we probably should talk about tech at some point, um, <laughs> but. You know, it is is a great place to be, and thank you so much for hosting us here. You've been so kind. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for Kendra, who did all all of the heavy lifting and bringing us here. So thank you, Kendra. <laughs> you You're were <welcome>. amazing. <laughs> Muscle bound. Yes. I'm glad you guys are here. <laughs> well, it is lovely to be here and talking about accessibility as well, because it's such an important thing. And I know for many many years, uh, accessibility has been at the heart of of what you've done. And certainly in the last two three years, it seems to have ramped up a bit. Uh, you'd agree with that, Chris? Absolutely. Um, we're there's a, a change in Google, but also I'm, I'm sensing a change outside in, in the general world, the general culture, where there's a, there seems to be the zeitgeist shift where more people are aware, more people are open to, to the conversation, more people know what it is, and are not only acknowledging that it's important, but it's important enough to prioritize. And uh, I've certainly seen that change inside Google, but it's not just Google. I think we're seeing it in many other places, which sort of helps reinforce the conversation in, inside Google. But it really is important for you guys to do this because you are a huge company uh, that, that you know represents a lot of different things. And um, disability has, and we've been saying this a lot uh, through our visit here, uh, that disability is not at the top of people's priorities in a lot of companies. And unfortunately, that's just the reality. That's borne out through the employment numbers of people who are disabled, who are out of work, and all of that. So having a company like Google... Uh, really uh, spend the time and the effort focusing on accessibility, making products accessible. Uh, all of your products, anything that has got a Google badge on it, or Nest badge now, mm-hmm. um, will indeed be accessible. And, and that's something that is, is great. You must be very proud, Kendra, to be part of this. Oh, yeah. And I think, um, you know, I've been on accessibility. Chris and I came on around the same time. So I, I think I'm in it about four and a half years, year four, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um and I think this is a really exciting time for us because we are seeing sort of all of our hard work in the last couple of years really come to light and and really have that that lasting impact. Um, and I I mean I I loved everything you said today, Chris. But I'll have to say I really liked what Sarah said <laughs> from she's Apple really, she's as well. Amazing. She's amazing. Um, it, Sarah Herlinger from Apple. Yes, yes. and um, I just I really appreciated uh, the fact that she was talking about accessibility just on a you know on a high level being about building better products and that's all it is 
Yeah. And and I think that for me, that's something that's really starting to resonate um, across user stories and, 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 you know, everyone's understanding of what accessibility is. And I think that really helps. I mean, we're so fortunate as disabled end users to have these two top tech giants um, really trying to outcompete each other in being inclusive. And certainly from the Google point of view, you know, you've taken inclusion and you've kind of democratized it. You've made it as accessible to people right across the globe, you know, regardless of income or um, the amount of personalization that they need to do. You know, it's the kind of sophisticated um, option that allows people to really meet their needs. And that's been borne out in all the additional projects that you've been talking about recently um, to go that extra mile to help people with, you know, really quite significant requirements. And all of these new projects are just, you know, the brand of Google, that things are done and new things come out and everything is, you know, pushing in the right direction and kind of pushing the envelope. And uh, we're very lucky to be living in these times. I think some of some of what you're seeing is, is the way Google is run. It's a very bottoms up company. There's no top, for good or for bad, there's no top down you, you should do this and everyone sort of falls in line. People do what they think is right. People follow their passion. And the 20%. Li- 20%. I, I started in accessibility as a 20% when I found out my app at the time, Google Play Music, wasn't accessible. Someone showed me button, button, button. <laughs> I asked, what's that? And she said, well, this is your app for, for someone who's blind. I said, that's stupid. How do they use it? She said, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you can make it 20%. But I, I, was, I wanted to bring up the live transcribe app. It's a really good example of what you can do at Google. There was, a, there was a, a, a profound deaf engineer named Dmitry who, was, who, who became deaf at one, was raised in Russia, and learned English phonetically from books. So his accent isn't typical for, for someone speaking English. And one of the engineers who were working with him thought, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding. He's having a hard time understanding me because he's deaf. Um, I wonder if I could do something about that. So he created a, a prototype, just stitching different technologies that we had at Google together, and it turned into the prototype that eventually became Live Transcribe. Wow. And it started just because two people wanted to talk. So you're seeing a lot of innovation because at Google we have these technologies, we have these massive research and infrastructure and technologies, and people just find the use case for it. And it's not because there's one person, okay, this year we're working on vision, this year we're working on sound. Someone found it, they found the need, they found the use case, and they had the technology and the skills to be able to turn it into something that's profoundly impactful. And what about users themselves? I mean, do they influence? So, say I had the greatest idea in the world, Mm -hmm. and I thought that would be an amazing addition to the product. Is that is that going to happen, Kendra? Can I be a millionaire? (laughs) I only only want the money. I have no interest in anything else. I just want the cash. Yes. No. I I think that so this is actually falls a lot on what I do in terms of. you know, the disability support team, as well as community, as well as, um, you know, external partnerships. I think there's so many ways to work with the community and and community work with Google. Um, and I think one thing that, that really we should be doing even more next year, even though we already do a lot of this, is looking at additional ways we can meet users where they are. Mm-hmm. Hmm, versus okay. asking them to come to us. And so, you know, right now we have things like the disability support team, right? You can contact us through chat, email, phone, be, be my, my eyes. eyes, all these different channels. Yeah. You can go to our help center articles. You can, you know, just submit a form feedback that we look at. Um, 
you can work with an organization that that we work with and and make sure that we get that feedback through the organization there's there's a bunch of these ways right but i think that um what we are looking to do you know maybe even potentially more so in the events space going going to more conferences and whatnot but also in terms of going and finding other communities that are out there as well and and engaging in those forums and i think that that will I hopefully <laughs> that will help um, really meet people where they are versus asking them to come to us. Well, we also have the Trusted Tester Program. Mm-hmm. So we actually have panels of several hundred people who are under NDA. They, we, we, phone, we screen them to make sure that they're, they're technically savvy enough to, to be able to provide good feedback. But they have a chance to take a look at software and hardware before it ships. So we have an opportunity to, to have the dialogue with, with different communities. We have a, a panel of blind or low vision. We have a panel of, of deaf, hard of hearing, working on mobility. And these conversations help make the products that we're building better for everyone. And sometimes they spark ideas that, that could turn into a new product or a new feature. Mm-hmm. So we need this is something we're doing actively, and we could certainly do more. And this segues nicely into what I'm sure many of our listeners are wanting us to ask, which is, you know, we're aware of the brilliant things that Google are doing today, um, what's coming around the corner, what's coming tomorrow. So the Pixel phones, very, very popular mm-hmm. line of uh, smartphones. Lookout, for example, is a brilliant addition to that for people with a vision impairment. I've got to talk about that app. Yeah, that's a yeah. brilliant app. I mean, yeah. it's, it's US only at the moment, isn't it? For but now. For, for now. now. It's coming soon, hopefully, um, into the UK. But for those who don't know what Lookout is, can you explain that? Yeah, it's an app that uses computer vision on your phone to describe the world, objects, and text around you. So it could say there's a, a, a chair at 12 o'clock, there's scissors at 2 o'clock. It uses uh, uh, clock directions. Mm. and Or it, it can read small bits of text, so you can pull up a letter, and it'll, it'll read the letter to you, or a menu. It'll start working with the top and just start reciting things for you. I've got to tell you, I, I used an app um, a few years back called AI Poly. Uh, which was kind of a very early version of this kind of technology. And I pointed at my wife, and it said, Labrador. I've got to tell you, uh, my, my sofa is very comfortable. Um, and I learned that well that night. Uh, I was blamed because the computer thought she was a, compu- uh, she was a Labrador. Um, well, it would, so it's well, not going to do that. As long as it doesn't do that, Chris, because I will be calling you if it does. Well, the, 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 it, it's funny you mentioned that. When we were testing some of the AI and Ian, t- Ian talked about this. He showed it to his dog, and it was called Rabbit. Wow, right, okay. <laughs> and, then, and, and then later he had a rabbit. I was like, God, I hope it doesn't say dog. But the, the dog at least won't force you to sleep on the couch. That's the good news. <laughs> no, because he'll be on there. So, the dog will be on the bed, and that's why you're on the couch. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, for, for, for the record, we, we, we fixed that. So oh, that's fine. You, you don't have to worry about that. Oh, so, we're fine. So you're, you're safe. safe right. And so is your dog. Excellent. Um, I, I want to ask about future technology as well, and, and I know you, you know I, we will ask you lots of questions, and you'll not give us the answer. But I, 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 we've got to ask these questions, right? So two things. There's two things in my mind that I want to ask you about. I'm all. I'm not going to answer one of them. You know it. <laughs> I know one of them, but I've, I've got an extra one that I'm going to throw in as well. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, but the first one's about Google Glass. That was the one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's the one we're not answering. Um, but no, this this is interesting because, of course, we saw Google Glass a few years back, mm-hmm. um, but th- then that product kind of went away. Um, it does seem as if we're moving towards a time where wearable technology is becoming the next thing, isn't it? It seems to be moving in that direction with, with all kinds of tech companies looking at that. We've seen the Bose AR frames. We've seen Echo Glasses or what is it, Echo? Frames. The Amazon Echo Frames. Yep. Uh, so, you know, with that... Um, 
we're seeing a move towards this this approach. Now, for blind people, the idea of having a camera in glasses is very exciting. Hugely. Um, and I'm not going to ask you the question, when are Google Glasses coming back? I'm not going to ask you that. But what, well, yeah, okay. He said, Robin said that, you by can the way, ask not Chris. It. You can ask it. You can ask. <laughs> I, I may even give you an answer you're surprised by. Okay. Well, so when they, they, actually, they actually never went away. What happened right. is they, they, they turned in, into enterprise gear. Mm-hmm. Right. So we are actually still selling Google Glass, okay. but we're selling it to businesses because we found there is a use case where people are willing to, to buy it. It, it. It's a legitimate business. So Google Glass actually hasn't gone away. It's just not really a commercial product at this point because of the, all the reasons why it's not being talked about. But the, the question I wanted to ask you, um, instead of asking you when they're coming out is, or when they're coming back or, or whatever, is about the ethics of them. Because blind people, Robin and I have this conversation all the time. How great would it be to have camera and glasses? You know, be my eyes, for example. Um, Ira in the States. You know, all of that would just be brilliant through this product. But does the sighted world see it that way? And that's part of the challenge. Mm. The one thing when, when talking with people about different form factors, I mean, I'd love to have what we call a camera turn into a light sensor. And then it's no longer something that's videoing you. It's no longer taking pictures. It's just taking in light of the world around you and processing it locally and, and giving information about it. So we, if we stop talking about it as a camera and as a sensor, then it becomes less in, intrusive. It becomes less, it's less people standing in the shower taking a picture of themselves wearing Google Glass. <laughs> yeah, we should, uh, uh, the <laughs> cost of that, that's a really bad idea. Me, that's, what, that's what killed Google Glass was that picture. Right. Um, but, but more seriously, the, Form factors are really important. Mm. Um, right now, look out, you have to hold it in front of you, yeah. or you have to wear it in a, in a lanyard around your neck, yeah. which, which makes it a little risky because it's, it's, it's this valuable thing that, that's so important to your life around your neck. It's not a great... Ex- for long-term use, it's, it's not the best experience, but it, it works really well in, 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 in more narrow use cases. So all companies, Apple, Google... Microsoft, we're all investigating different kind of form factors, and glasses are, are one of them because it allows you to keep your hands free. Mm-hmm. And I think using a, a blind illusion use case solves one of the problems, which is if you're going to do your quote-unquote AR glasses like Minority Reports, you have to have images being presented in front of you, and that, that adds a lot of logistical problems, like what if someone has to wear if someone has to wear glasses, and how do you write in, in where do you put the information in front of you if we Skip that, and then you can start focusing, start focusing on creating experiences that are audio-based, uh, akin to what happens with the Bose AR, but you add a camera and you can provide a different level of information. Excuse me, add a light sensor, then you provide different <laughs> yeah, kinds yeah. of light. Not a camera. It's, it's not a camera. <laughs> it's not a camera. Walks like a duck, talks like a duck, but it's not a camera. Is that going to be on the, the wall outside written up? It's not a camera. <laughs> You're put that. You can say it a thousand times, but the problem is people, people don't read. People won't... People will say, think it's a camera. Yeah. So, so maybe, wouldn't it be interesting if a product were like this were created with specifically to address a, a blind vision use case? Maybe that could turn the conversation around because now we have a real legitimate use of, of this technology. So for me, I'm, I'm excited about, about leaning into, the, into this use case and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it can help change the, 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 the concept of having a camera on your head or a light sensor on your head. And I think privacy is obviously a huge concern. And a lot of what Google has been doing recently in their AI area for accessibility is on device. Mm-hmm. You know, you've really been leaning into that. And that obviously has really 
beneficial use cases. We're not always connected and, you know, there might be latency, etc. It's really powerful to compute on the edge. Could you not have something that is, that remains on device that could allay some of the privacy fears of people when you've got a, a head-mounted light detector? There's a, there's a, a compromise that you need to make both in terms of affordability and 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 access. Mm -hmm. That's the accessibility. You would need to have a much more powerful phone, a much more expensive phone, to be able to do more without sending it to the cloud. So if you but if you have you can have a less expensive device. And you can send you can send the data up to the cloud, and then we can have the the, the cloud do the rendering for you, and, mm -hmm. and send back the data. Mm -hmm. So, and and that could be done in in a private, confidential way as well. So I, I think we we need to change the conversation a little bit about just because it goes to the the, the quote unquote cloud doesn't mean it's not confidential, doesn't mean it's not treated securely and privately. Mm -hmm. So we need to break that the, that the belief that the cloud is is inherently insecure, inherently not private. That's the conversation we need to have because there's benefits to being able to send it to, to the cloud. So someone with a $50 phone can benefit from the same, if not better, performance than someone who has a $1,000 phone. They're, they're, it's a trade-off, and I think it's important for people to realize that you can make a choice and you can still have your, your data, your life private as well. Well, it kind of ties into the second question in a way because what tends to happen is that, that people, um, I will say sighted people get in the way because they, they say, oh, privacy is terrible, so we, we can't have those, can't have a camera in our glasses. And the same conversation happens on driverless cars, which is, of course, the next big thing, I guess, for transport. And I want to ask you a bit about that, just in, in the sense of the, the broad strokes of it, I guess, because um, you know it feels like this technology is becoming better and better every day. Google, of course, is a huge project on this. And whilst people might not necessarily link that with accessibility, of course, it has huge impacts <laughs> on blind and partially sighted people uh, because of mobility, getting around, going to that nice little restaurant up the road. I mean, it sounds crazy, but you know, these are the kind of things that, that matter to people in life. These are the important things. Where are you, Kendra, on this? I mean, Google obviously has this project. It's ongoing. Um, when do you think we're likely to see something that is, I mean, and, and what will Google's role be in the development of this going forward? Is it going to be the little car we saw, the little bubble car? Or, you <laughs> Wouldn't know, that be cute? Because I think those are great. <laughs> um, those are really nice. Yeah, I mean, in terms of timeline, I don't think I can provide that, but um, I do know that the Waymo team and and, and I really and um, others have been working since day one, really, in terms of testing and getting input, this goes back to your your question about as you know as a user, can I give feedback? Um, and we've all been working really closely with actually some of um, the same partners. So, um, for example, like United Spinals is a really large organization they've they've consistently been working with. Um, I think one of the first marketing videos they did actually was a ride, um, or the first person who took a ride in a Waymo was someone who was blind, and and so that was kind of their first user story, so to speak. Um, I, I mean, I can't really say much except that I'm just incredibly excited about it, mm -hmm. and that they have been focused on accessibility since day one, which is always something that's really exciting to to know. I've, I mean, that's the point, though, Chris, isn't it? That this technology. It kind of, it's on the edges of accessibility for, you know, I guess from what you guys are doing every day. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I you know, I get that impression because of, co of course of what the nature of it is. Um, here in the UK, the argument's been all about regulation, hasn't it, Robin? About, you know, whether mm -hmm. or not you can actually That's be in one be of these cars 
time limiting factor, yeah. not the not the AI, not the getting to level five full autonomy, etc. That's you know round the corner in well mapped routes. It's there today. You know there are already commercial routes in various different cities around the world where you have that service already in action. But yeah, um, it kind of comes back to the camera, well, light detector mounted, you know, the privacy thing. (laughs) It's about confidence. It's about acceptance. It's about people becoming comfortable with um, the technology playing that bigger part in in their lives. And I think regulation will get pushed by sentiment but i think that's probably going to be the limiting factor not actually the tech yeah though the the tech is really really hard I mean, waymo they, they we had hoped we would have something now and it just to, to do it right and to do it consistently in all, all circumstances is tough but there are active situations there, there are places like in phoenix where we actually have taxis that are doing this mm-hmm. there, there's still a, a, a driver there just in case something goes wrong but it, it's a legitimate technology but the edge cases are so important. There's been situations, unfortunate situations, from, from some of our competitors. I'm not going to mention any, any names, <laughs> but we don't want that to happen. No one should have that happen. So you have to be really, really careful. It's a, it, because it's not just here. It's not just the person who is disabled on the inside. It's also the people on the outside. And the consequences could be dire. So we have to, you have to go careful. And get, Again, that's an optics thing, though, isn't it? Because the number of autonomous miles driven versus mm-hmm. the number of incidents actually verifies that it's a safe technology. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, the public perception needs to, you know, you need to win over hearts and minds as well. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, you certainly hear about every single problem. <laughs> of course you do. That, yeah. that happens, but you don't hear about every car crash that happens every day. Every versus day. autonomous. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the point, but it, it kind of goes to that wider conversation about um about the influence of, of, of the sighted public, if you like, or the able-bodied public who will um, will have views on these things but don't necessarily match up with ours. So whether it be Google Glass with camera or light sensor, uh, or... <laughs> 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 I'm not going to forget this, are we? It's not a camera. Okay, it's not a camera. Um, but I, I think it's, it's a really exciting time. Of course, artificial intelligence, um, augmented reality uh, plays into all of this technology, doesn't it? And... Um, whether it be your smartphone, whether it be your driverless car parked outside, the technology is, is just moving on at a pace. How do you guys keep up? Because I can't keep up. How do you keep up with all of this stuff? Coffee. Coffee. I was, was, was going to say. <laughs> Love it. Um. Okay, okay. honestly, Red Bull. Sorry. Red Bull. <laughs> Perfect. Um, uh, I mean, one thing that I think makes it easy, a little easier for us maybe, is that we're on the central accessibility team. Mm -hmm. So we are tasked with working with every single team across Google. And so we have contacts within every team across Google. We're on newsletters, we're on, you know, meetings. And I think at least on the Google spectrum of things, that makes it a lot easier, um, in in my opinion, to keep up with it. And I spent a lot of a lot of time reading what our our friends in different businesses are Mm -hmm. doing. So I spent a lot of time on just trying to understand what, what, what Microsoft is doing, what, what Apple is doing, what Amazon is doing, because everyone is, is, really, is doing really great and impactful work. And we, it can either inspire us, it could, it, can, it could help us understand what's important. Oh, they're doing this? I've never thought of that. Let, we, should, we should look at this. So, but that's so important. I mean, for, I'll give you a great example of where that is brilliant. And I've, I've seen this through uh, Chromevox, which, of course, is on Chromebooks. Um, and you know, we're noticing this now with Narrator in Microsoft. Um, a little bit of this in voiceover on the Mac as well, where 
you know, there's a kind of a, a correlation happening of, for example, keystrokes on how mm-hmm. to move around the screen. That's such an important thing because what you don't want to do is, you know, use one machine then go to a different machine and it's a whole new experience or a whole new way of doing things. And yes, there are some differences here and there, but the point is that if, if those kind of similarities matter. Those mm-hmm. kind of things matter because especially someone who's coming to this fairly new, um, they want to know how this thing works. And if we can, if it's simple across devices and it's shared experiences across devices to some degree, then that helps us all help each other. You know, you could have a problem with a phone or a friend could have a problem with a, an Android phone or whatever, and we can sort of work it out between us. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to be apart on it. And that that collaboration aspect is important for you guys, isn't it? That you do work and talk to the other companies. It's, it's not, I mean, of course, Google as a company wants people to buy Google products, right? That's the whole point. But when it comes to the accessibility side, you guys are very much open open door. We, that's we that's really, my impression. We really collaborate a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. what I about mean, the disability uh, support. I, yeah, I think um, that was actually kind of a, a surprise almost coming into the accessibility team was how um, how much information we share with each other. Mm. It's sort of that non-compete space, so to speak, where everyone wants to just do what's best. And Is do that how right. you guys see it? It's like it's not an area right. so where even you're when, fighting for. When I did the disability support team, for example, we literally went to Microsoft and Apple and asked them, can you tell us what has been working and not working on your support teams? And and both of them were, were incredibly open and sharing. And I think that that really helped to shape our support team and get it off the ground much quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I think things like that are incredibly helpful and has been in- very surprising at times at how much we are willing to share in this space. And where such great work has happened um, and great collaboration, for example, things like be my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a, a fantastic collaboration. Tell mm-hmm. us how that came about. So, be my eyes. Uh, we had met um, through through various organizations, but we actually had them come to what's called Accessibility Week at Google, and that's um, a week of uh, various events. We actually just had it, um, and we essentially use it internally to spread awareness of accessibility we do trainings um things like that and so we had be my eyes come to that accessibility week um a few a year ago and they they gave you know just a a demonstration they talked about the importance of building community and having community members work with community members and that's something that google really tends to enjoy is we call it google to google or g to g community so we just really liked that 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 thought um and then very soon after they actually launched the specialized mm. support, which was something that I really wanted to see happen specifically because we had already had our agents and we wanted to offer sort of this specialized agent, um, you know, highly trained approach on top of the volunteer that you can get. And so when that launched, that was, that was just really exciting for us. Um, and I think that the Be My Eyes team specifically, has just been incredibly open um, at working with. They take feedback incredibly serious. They're, um, you know, I think their their community, the fact that it's, you know, over 3 million volunteers now, I think is just really taken off. And um, what we've seen on the support side is, again, I think this goes back to meeting users where they are. It's actually one of our highest volume channels on our support team. And, wow. and it's, it's not just helping 
people who are blind or low vision, it's actually helping our agents. Mm. And it's, it's helping all of us get to an answer and a solution quicker. And I think that that's, that's probably been the most exciting part of it. Yeah, because a five minute or three minute video call mm -hmm. going through a particular issue, or even if it's just a usability issue that someone's having, you know, mm -hmm. um, getting to grips with the product or whatever it might be, right. is gold, isn't right. it? Compared to a, you know, an email or a bit of feedback through the hub. Right. So absolutely, yeah. really good. Guys, it has been so lovely having you back on the show. Thank you so much for coming back on and, and telling us all about Google and accessibility. Thanks uh, for inviting us. Thank, Thank you. you, Kendra. That was great. And Chris. Thank Thanks, you much. Guys.